Welcome to Newborn to Teen and Everything in Between, the podcast from Bespoke Family. I'm Bex. And I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us as we tackle the ups and downs of life with children, helping you to get the best out of your time together. No rules, no judgment, just guidance. So grab a cuppa and let's get started with today's episode. Welcome to today's podcast, which is all about parental well-being. Um, and we are absolutely delighted to welcome Jenny Hopkins from Jenny Hopkins Coaching to talk with us about how she helps working mums to thrive, not just survive. So welcome to our podcast, Jenny. It's lovely Thank to have you. you. I'm thrilled to be here as well. It's nice to have you. So I think we'll probably just start off with you giving us a little bit of background about you and about Jenny Hopkins coaching and why you set up the business in the first place. Yes, absolutely. So um, I'm Jenny Hopkins and I set up Jenny Hopkins coaching to really um, help working mums who are in the sort of thick of it. They often have quite young children, but often this goes on. Um, into um, much older children as well Um, but it's they're trying to do all the things they're trying to be the best parent they they can they've got their career that they also don't want to lose focus on Um, and what usually happens is that their um, own well-being comes right at the bottom of the priority list and and really lose its focus Um, so I am a mum myself to two little ones and um, in my past career, so my past life, I was a corporate tax advisor for a huge professional services firm. And um, at that time of my life, this was pre-children, um, really struggled with um, work-life balance and putting my own well-being first. And when my children came along, actually lots of those same things were coming up for me again. Um, so um, at this point I'd already trained as a coach and I had a lot more tools um, to enable me to work through that and and really help myself and um, that is now what I'm doing for lots of other working mums. Oh that sounds amazing and you talk about thriving with yeah. with parents and is it just mums you work with or is it dads as well it's so i i market myself to mums i have absolutely zero objections um working with dads <laughs> but actually um i do find it's often mums mm. that lots of this falls onto so even though lots of dads are amazing and involved um often a lot of the sort of like thinking work um is, is still left on mums and and that really takes its toll so so what does a thriving mum mean what what would you how would you describe somebody who's thriving so um at the end of the day it's it's being happy um but it's um being less stressed um feeling not feeling overwhelmed um having that time to themselves to feel like they can just be them rather than always being mum or you know insert job title here um or partner family member you know whatever it is we we wear all of these different hats um and and being able to do something that they really love and um that makes them you know feel like themselves Mm. so you mean doing something that they really love alongside or as well as 
you know being mum and looking you know looking after the children and that yes kind of absolutely yeah. uh, you know lot of, I'm not saying that you can't love doing that as well but but it's um, about having something that is just for yourself outside of those other sort of roles that you have mm-hmm. yeah do you think sometimes though there's this guilt around particularly for women putting themselves first and that actually like doing something for you know for themselves they're then you know not doing it for their children and they're not doing it for someone else like there's always this kind of guilt around those sorts of things absolutely and that is sort of one of the huge things that um i work through my clients with um because i think you're absolutely right we we are so um programmed to be putting the needs of our children first and our families um, and um, we're so busy with all of the other things in our life that 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 comes right at the bottom of the list and and the idea of um, maybe having to push some of those other priorities back in order to make that time for you that's sort of a really difficult concept for lots of people to to get their heads around and and in some ways rightly so because you know your children do come first um but the whole idea is that that actually you you don't need to be deprioritizing the other things in order to bring yourself up in kind of equal priority. And one of the things I, I always say is that, that actually in order to be that parent that you want to be, in order to sort of show up for your children in the way that you want to be able to, you need to be that version of yourself that is the best you can possibly be. And if you are stressed and overwhelmed and constantly chasing your tail and really just not feeling very well in yourself, then, you know, how can you possibly be that parent that actually you really want to be able to be for your children? So when people are kind of having a difficulty and getting their heads around that, I I sort of bring up that idea in that, yes, you are prioritising yourself for yourself but actually it's also to be able to do better for your family but I think it's so hard isn't it because you're there going I don't I think we're also we are so busy I personally don't have children of my own um so it's slightly different but have a lot of children around me all the time and lots of friends and things and I think even you know we own our own business we can be really busy and sometimes even if we go and meet each other for a walk, we can feel guilty about that because we're like, oh, we probably should be doing this and we should be doing that and we should be doing this. Yet we go for the walk and then we come back and we're so much more productive because we've taken that time out. But that actual act of doing it is, oh, and there's always a guilt around it. And it's, I don't know what, what where does it come from? Like, where does it come from, in, particularly in a female, this whole sense that you have to do everything for everyone else first? Mm, absolutely. And I think that's true for so many people, isn't it? And it's the idea that actually you should be able to survive on um, doing everything for everybody else and, and not being able to prioritise yourself. And I think some of it is societal. We've, we've been sort of conditioned to think that. 
Um, there's this whole sort of narrative around mums being super mom um, and the idea that actually you should be able to have it all and do it all. And, and I always say, well, okay, you can have it all, but actually you can't do it all. The, that person that you see that has the kind of big career and, and the five children and whatever else is they're doing, actually, what have they got behind the scenes? They've probably got an awful lot of help in whatever form that is. Um, so I think a lot of it is is these messages that we're getting from all sorts of places um, that we shouldn't need those things for ourselves, and, and and that's just wrong. You know, they they are basic human needs. What kind of things do you see mums come to you with then? So obviously, you get the stress. I mean, as a mum, I do feel I know absolutely hundred percent. I feel that stress. You feel torn between all sorts of different kind of priorities like you say you know and you don't know which thing to do first which is the most urgent and then if you do the thing that you think is the most urgent then you feel guilty about the other thing like Claire was saying so what what kind of things do people come to you with you know what do they say they're feeling like yeah absolutely so so a lot of it is um kind of overwhelmed getting that put to that point where they they just can't see the wood for the trees. It's it's all of the things just getting on top of them and they can't really see a way forward. Um, uh, lots of the time they're getting to a point where um, either they've experienced some kind of burnout or, or feel like they are on the edge of burnout. Um, and um, oftentimes it's, it's where they're noticing things in themselves that they are... Um, worried about or concerned about so um, I talk sometimes about shouty mummy so the, the way that that you are as a mum that isn't the way that you want to but is a response to all the strain that you are under yeah I'm shouty mum a lot of the time shouty <laughs> I think wife, we all are. shouty everything <laughs> yeah and the, the thing is you know you yeah. know that you you know that it's not the right thing to do you know that and, and actually, even while you're shouting, you're like, why am I doing this? This is horrible. But you actually get to the point where really it's the only way you can let. It's a bit like you talk about, Claire, with the kind of Coke bottle, isn't it? With the mm. with children, you know, those shaking it a bit, shaking it a bit. And then you take the lid off and it just explodes. And it's that same. It, you talk about it with children, but actually it's the same for us, isn't it? It really mm -hmm. is. It, it really is, yeah, and, and that, that sort of shouty mummy is actually a symptom of letting ourselves get too far that, down the road of um, the strain that we're under as mothers, um, and come, you know, it, it's, it, there are warning signs before you get to that point that, that mm -hmm. maybe mean that you need to take a, a step back and... Um, for me, sometimes just go to a quiet room with a, uh, no noise and, and just like tidiness. Yeah, that, that helps yeah. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's also this whole concept of self-care. So I think it's, oh, have a bath, take a bath and, you know, use really nice stuff. And um, it might be that you, you know, listen to some music that you like. And it's like, is that really the level that we're giving ourselves self-care? Like, that's a really basic surely having a taking a nice relaxing bath and things like that like what is self-care what kind of self-care should we be doing and making sure that we really value that 
and that other people mm. value it as well without going, oh, you know, it's well known that Bex and I love a spa day. <laughs> that it, but that's our, our self-care. And it's like, actually, it's a day. We, mm. it, and that's well, you all it is. Doing, you need to be doing self-care that leads to well-being, don't you? Rather yeah. than it being just... Because actually, having a nice relaxing bath should actually be a kind of given, shouldn't it? As should a spa day, I have to say. Absolutely. But, you know, <laughs> but, you know, that's like, really, if you can't have an hour to have a bath, where is the world coming to? You know, that shouldn't be like something special that you give yourself necessarily. That's just should be normal, shouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's about building in those things that do relax you and that you do find contribute to your well-being um, into a routine so that actually, you know, a bath isn't a once in a blue moon event for you. It's something that's happening for you on a really regular basis. Um, but for me, I think self-care is often used in, in quite a fluffy sense. So, yeah, it's going for a massage or it's having your nails done or, or whatever it is. And I always say, well, you know, that, that is really surface level. A, for some people, that isn't very helpful. It's not something that makes them feel particularly relaxed. And I think there can be some pressure to, say, go for a massage. And actually, that isn't moving the needle for the person. Um, but also, um, you need to go way beyond those things that we think of as self-care there are lots of things that need to be incorporated into your well-being that aren't those kind of nice fluffy things. So what kind of things would you say then if you're not talking about fluffy nice things and going for a massage what kind of things do you think would be good for people to do in order to enhance their their well-being? Yeah absolutely so so for me and, and what I teach is um, looking in a much wider sense at your well-being. So um, something I talk around a lot is um, boundaries and making sure that you have a set in, of boundaries in place with um, yourself most importantly but also um, maybe the people that you work with and your own family, um, things that you need to have in place to um, be okay in yourself. So for me, some of my most important boundaries are around sleep, around protecting the amount of sleep I get, because as for so many of us, if I'm not on optimum sleep, then that is really affecting my well-being and, and how I show up as a person in general. Um, it's around working hours and making sure I don't let my work bleed on too far into the evening because again that impacts my ability to wind down for um, bed and um, there's lots of other things that, that, that I've put in place to um, protect myself and my well-being. Um, there is um, self-compassion, so learning how to um, give yourself some grace. So when you've been shouty mummy, when something hasn't gone as you want to, it to have gone with your children or at work, whatever it is, um, to not beat yourself up for it, to learn from that, but to move on um, and not let that become a huge thing that um, keeps on sort of impacting you. Um, there's letting go of perfectionism and people pleasing. So I think um, a lot of us are stuck in this cycle of um, doing things because we think other people will 
be pleased by them or um, we want to do them to help other people and, and actually um, getting back to a really focused sense of, well, you know, what do I need? What does my family need? And um, is this thing going to contribute to that, those things that are most important to me? Um, and the thing that we've touched on um, already, which is really finding something that you love. So instead of being sucked into these um, kind of, I'm going to say the word again, fluffy self-care ideas. So things like meditation and mindfulness are really hot topics at the moment. And I'm absolutely not slamming them at all. For, for many people, they can be um, really useful tools. But I think a lot of people... Um, kind of try them don't really get on with them aren't able or you know just yeah haven't been able to kind of um really get the the benefits out of them that they need to um and therefore think that you know maybe self-care isn't for them or, or whatever but actually um if they did something that they really love doing so for me it's um reading a good book and getting out in the garden and getting my hands dirty um those things that are really contributing to my well-being but aren't things that we necessarily think of as typical self-care activities and somebody might think well you know sitting down with a book that's that's lazy I need to be getting on with the housework or you know whatever it is um, but it's changing the mindset around those things it's no I'm not being lazy I'm setting time aside to um, for my mental well-being and to rest and rest is a basic human need that we all need to incorporate into our lives and I think that gets completely forgotten about a lot of the time we think that maybe sleep is enough rest for us but actually there need to be points in our day when we are truly resting and that's not slumped on the sofa scrolling through social media well, yeah, because sometimes that can just make you feel worse, can't it? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is hard, though, to think of things that are things that you that you like to do that are going to contribute to your well-being without, like you say, thinking, well, sitting down and reading... Oh, I mean, I'm rubbish at reading books. I literally take about a year to read one, don't I, Claire? Yep. Claire gives me loads of books to read and I just don't get through them. But I think... It's because of that very reason that if I sit on the sofa, I think, well, I could be doing a million other things. And I always remember saying to my mum when the twins were born, um, she's like, just sit down a minute. And I'd be like, no, I'm making the most of every moment. And what I meant was I was making the most of every moment to get everything done rather than to make the most of every. So, for example, if they were napping or what have you, I was like filling that with laundry, with cleaning, with da 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 da, because I knew that if I didn't, when was I going to do it? Because we were so busy. So I think that is a real challenge for people to think, like you say, you know, sit down and read a book. Well, that's all very well, but who's going to do the laundry? Where, how are we going to, how am I going to clean the kitchen floor or whatever it is? Not that that was ever a real priority, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And some of it, some of it is about really, um, drilling down into what your priorities really are as you say maybe you feel like you need to clean the kitchen floor every day whatever it may be I certainly don't clean my floor every day um 
but you know really drilling down to well what is the narrative that is telling you that that is something that needs to be done yes you need to make sure that the family has clean clothes to be worn but um, if you prioritize that alongside for example sitting down and reading a book maybe you get the washing in the washing machine and then the next thing you do rather than moving on to the the next household task is sit down with your book for 15-20 minutes the key really is that it doesn't have to be a long time you don't have to have an hour set aside to get through you know x number of chapters it's small amounts of time but on a really really regular basis that are really going to make the difference I think it also takes practice, doesn't it? Mm. Because this is such a mindset of so many people. And to change that mindset would be quite hard, I'd imagine, for quite a lot of people. You, you know, you talk about meditation um, and those sorts of things. That, for me, is possibly one of the worst things. Now, it works for loads of other people, I know. Um, but for me, that actually makes me more stressed thinking about that I'd have to try and do that than actually Mm. what the benefit I would get from it and so it is about kind of finding what works for you but I also like with lots of the families that we work with and from friends and everything else I think sometimes becoming a parent and working and everything else you actually kind of in a way lose your identity and who you are And what do you like now that you are a mum who works and, you know, and actually then you're having to kind of go back and go, what do I like? Because before, what I loved before having children actually probably isn't going to be a possibility right now because they're still little and maybe you don't have the support network around you to have babysitters or, you know. And I think that's even hard to just sit down and think, what is it that really helps me when you're not really sure who the new you is? Yeah, that is such a a common problem. And um, I always start by asking the question, well, um, what did you like doing when you were a child? And really looking back um, through, you know, as a child, maybe through your 20s, you know, in your previous lives... What were the things that you were enjoying and can you see bringing any of those back back into your life? Um, That works for some people. Sometimes it's about, well, what do you see other people doing or people see it doing on television or in films and you think, oh, I really wish I could do that, but I never have time. How can you just carve yourself out five or ten minutes to start doing that, just give it a little go? Um, And sometimes it's just about sitting and doing nothing and giving yourself that space to sit and rest and maybe get a bit bored and let your mind wander and if you start just doing that for five or ten minutes a day and carving out that time to do that actually it's amazing what your mind then develops that into and um, you start to think, well, actually, I would love to be spending this time and filling this time with X, Y or Z 
instead of just sitting and resting. But for some people, actually, sitting and resting is the equivalent of meditation. Claire, I know um, <laughs> lots of people will be <laughs> very much in sympathy with you in, in saying that actually that isn't something that, that works for me or, or maybe it might if I tried really, really hard for a really long time, but I'm not prepared to put in, in the legwork there. Um, and that is absolutely fine. I am completely in that camp as well. Um, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be that hard. It just needs to be mm -hmm. sitting in your garden, looking at nature, you know, whatever it is that, that kind of appeals to you on a really kind of gut basis. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes mine is having the ability to watch an episode of something really mind-numbingly trashy TV. Um, and it's normally on a like a Saturday morning. I just have to do it after a really busy week. I can sit and watch that and I don't have to think. I don't have to give any kind of... And I think it's those sorts of things. It's giving yourself permission to watch an episode of that in the morning after the school drop-off or whilst you're sat feeding. Whatever it might be. Some, for having that opportunity to just have something for you mm. that kind of resets you a little bit then that's okay and it can be anything can't it? it you know I'm never I personally don't ever feel guilty about my Saturday mornings tv watching because I'm like do you know what that's what works for me and I will do other things and I'll meet up with people and do it but sometimes it just gets to a point where my, I have to give my brain a rest mm. um yeah, because and it's about finding what allows you to give your brain that rest because mm -hmm. um, otherwise it's, you know, you're just constantly distracted by whatever it is. Um, and for some people, yeah, that's the television and that's absolutely fine. What about me and my knitting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, well, that's not yeah. going so relaxingly well, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the last time I tried knitting I ended up with some sort of like wobbly square with a load of holes in it <laughs> just oh. not my fault yeah, that's exactly, <laughs> don't worry that's Beck, exactly what <laughs> Beck started this with the idea that she was she knows a few people who are having babies so she's going to make a blanket for each baby at the moment <laughs> has a square <laughs> yeah and two of them have been born already one, one, one was due on Saturday so I'm not doing very well it's not very big and it is full of holes to the point that the lady who the lady who's a gorgeous lady who knits all her life she came to show me how to do it and apparently her daughter came around and her daughter's like you know what mum would say don't you start again I was like my god it will make but, a lovely 18th birthday present don't worry I'm not, I'm not sure it will my children keep saying baby's very small isn't it and I'm like I'm not finished yet but the, the point about that though is that and all joking aside and I do uh, like the end product is not going to be worthy of any child at all unless they need something well maybe for this hot weather with lots of drafty holes to go through. <laughs> <laughs> but um but it did and it does take my mind off anything else because I've got to concentrate so hard on doing it. And like you say, I only have to do two rows yeah, because it takes me so blimmin' long. You know, that'll take me sort of 15 minutes to do. You know, my son said, why am I not hearing click, 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 and just click? 
click <laughs> because I'm a bit slow but it is stuff like that isn't it it's like trying to find like mm-hmm. you in fact you saying going back to your childhood and thinking of the things you know I quite like making those pom-poms you know when you were mm. little like winding the things around the the cardboard and things stuff like that is actually really good fun and actually is quite a distraction and actually something you could do with children as well which kind of you know you might think actually I really enjoy doing that let's do it together you know maybe going forward but that's that that's a really good idea because it is hard to think of stuff like Claire said that actually the previous you would have done that yeah. the new you is going to be able to still do you know given the fact that you you've perhaps only got little tiny sections of time to fill yes absolutely um and I think that that point around um what your children see you doing is really important actually because it is about setting that example to them that no you don't need to look like you're being busy all the time it is okay to sit and do things that are hobbies or things that you enjoy and that's really laying the foundations for them for later life um, mm. to be able to do the same when they get to that same um, stage of their life. Often the people that find this the most difficult, actually when you ask them about their own mothers, they will say, oh, well, she was always busy. You know, I never saw her sitting down. You know, she would never just sit and, and do nothing. And actually those kind of cycles are, are repeating themselves down the generations. So... Um, if you need any more motivation than that, it's um, setting that example for your own children. Do you think people are getting better at it because there's so much more kind of on social media and on the in, in the media in general about people looking after each other and themselves? I think definitely there's greater uh, awareness. I I think that people have a tendency to consume a lot of this. Um, sort of ad- information and advice but actually putting it into practice is a complete other mm. um, matter and um, it's quite easy to um, conflate knowing what you should be doing or what would be helpful for you with actually then putting that into practice. Yeah I mean I kind of feel like people almost feel guiltier now because they can see it kind of all over the place and everybody's telling them to look after themselves. And actually the pressure is quite a lot, isn't it, to, mm. to do that. And not only is there pressure on yourself to kind of, you now feel pressure that you've got to find something. Absolutely, you know, to... there's someone on Instagram saying this is what you should be doing and making you feel bad because you, you aren't doing it. Yeah, yeah, I do think that there is a lot of that. Mm. Um, and so, you know cut out the noise as far as you can focus on on the little things um and if there's something that is supposedly supposed to be helpful um an account on social media that actually you're just finding really stressful and and pressurizing then you know mute it for a little bit or or just unfollow because um at the end of the day that's not going to be helpful for you i think the hardest part is that a lot of social media actually becomes people's downtime you know Mm. they may be sat on the sofa and you're scrolling and you're endlessly scrolling like we're all guilty of it at different points and I again it's being I think it's that whole boundary thing that you said at the beginning Mm. to boundary yourself is so hard 
because it's yeah, you know absolutely that takes a lot of drive and determination to be able to hold your own boundaries and if you're tired exhausted and feeling like actually I just want to get to the end of today that's then very hard to kind of go do you know what I don't I shouldn't go and sit and just scroll through Instagram I should you know I know I will be better if but the draw and the drag to the easy option is mm. not always yes and actually there, these apps are designed to draw you in you know there's actually mm-hmm. something in the algorithm that makes you keep on scrolling and scrolling and scrolling so you're battling that as well um so and i think it's also there is an element where it feels like it's support and that you're getting you're with like-minded other people and you can see that other people are having a good day bad day whatever that looks like but I think yeah, yeah. So there's a real it's, sense of community isn't there there, there are lots mm-hmm. of positives um, but if it's something that you want to put boundaries around and you're finding it really difficult actually something I find really helpful and I can't think of the name of it right now but there are loads of them lo- loads of them out there are um, apps which actually allow you to limit the amount of time or the kind of times in the day in which you're able to access these sorts of um programs on your phone um so that if you're finding it hard to limit yourself but you want to be doing that actually there's something on your phone that Mm. will just switch it off for you interestingly you did we put those in place for our teenagers don't we and then forget that actually that's a and you know my daughter she she's probably doing it now because i can see her out of the corner of my eye working and she's got an app which um grows if she does 30 minutes of work and then has like 10 minutes rest for the 30 minutes that she doesn't go on her phone, it grows a little tree. And if she goes on her phone, then it the tree dies. And so it's quite <laughs> like, you know, it's quite, it's one of those things. So she tries to have the garden and, you know, all of those things. So like you say, there are things that will kind of help you to kind of manage that. So during that 30 minutes or whatever it is, you're not doing your homework or whatever, but you're actually going, okay, now I am just going to read my book and I don't want to go on my phone because, you know, that's kind of that's a good thing to it this technology is amazing in that way isn't it that it it does so it has something for everything so you can stop yourself going on to technology by using technology weirdly so, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a yeah. bit of a roundabout way to do it isn't it another tool um i find helpful is the five minute rule so if there's something that you you know you want to do and this, this is often quite true with something like exercise. You know you want to do it. You know that you'll feel better afterwards, but actually just getting started feels really difficult. Um, and it's what I call the five-minute rule. So it's um, commit to five minutes. You can do anything for five minutes. And if you're still not feeling it after those five minutes, then you have full permission to stop after five minutes. But actually, most of the time, you find that once you get going, you are enjoying it. And and that can apply to any of these things. So it's, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to put my phone aside for five minutes and do whatever else it is that I've decided is going to be beneficial for me. And if it's only five minutes, then great, that is fine. Um, but equally, if you want to carry on after that point, then that is also great. Mm-hmm. What do you do if you're putting those things in place but you potentially have family members or a partner or you know other people around you who don't see it as that value that we're saying it is for the well-being and things like that that actually they do see it as you being lazy sat there reading a book or 
um, whatever that might be, how do you then manage that? Because I do think that, again, you're in your mindset of going, oh, if they come in on reading a book, mm. it's going it, to, you know, and there's all these other things I could be doing. That kind of judgment again, isn't it? Mm. You'd hope that they'd understand. But if they don't? Yeah, it can absolutely be a problem. Um, and, and often, actually, it's a problem in our own minds. We think, oh, we're going to be judged if, you know, as you say, they come in and we're reading a book. But um, often, you know, that isn't actually going to be the case. But even if it is, you know, having these conversations and really being open about the fact, well, um, you know, I am feeling x y and z at the moment I'm feeling overwhelmed I'm feeling stressed you know when I start shouting at everybody and you know that is happening this is why and this is what I think is going to help me you know are you on you know can I get you on board to give this a go and see what effect that has on me and our family as a whole um I think having these conversations and actually you, you'll probably find that the other person is, is feeling similar things and maybe doesn't know what to do about them themselves and having some sort of swap of, well, okay, if I get this time on the weekend, then you have this time. That's exactly what my husband and I do. We have a, an afternoon, um, one afternoon each of the days on the weekend. One of us has the children, sorts them out, deals with them all afternoon and the other one can disappear or do whatever they like. Um, but that absolutely came about from the fact that we were, you know, both really struggling and I was finding it hard to ask for time for myself because I knew that he was struggling, you know, just as much, if not more than I was. Um, but having had that conversation and sharing those things between us, actually it enabled a solution that, that kind of works for both of us. Um, so, so yeah, open communication, um, is my recommendation there that's something that you Bex and Rich have been really good at since having children like you have your kind of girls weekends Rich has boys weekends like they it's always been really important that you have those times where Mm -hmm. you go off and do those things for you and that the other one has children or you do you know sometimes have those times where you two go away just the two of you don't you um and I think again it's not something to feel guilty about to have that time to be you it is really important you have to be you have to try and tune back into the you that was before children and even before partners you know I mean it's actually well not completely before partners but you know what I mean like (laughs) you know just kind of doing stuff yourself without having to consider anybody else is kind of part of you you know you just are with friends or you know you just go off even for the afternoon on your own shopping or anything just something to kind of get reconnect in some respects and if you keep you have time set aside to do it like you say Claire it's been so beneficial for us you know and the, but it's also beneficial for the children because the children get that one-to-one time with you without kind of both of you it's you know that it it, and like you say it's a very I like what you said about the kind of um being a role model for your children and demonstrating those things that are important they're important to have downtime it doesn't you don't need to be busy all the time I think that is really key because um you know that the way that the world is at the moment people just 
feel like they have to be busy all the time and there's never any downtime and you've always got a screen or somebody or something telling you, you know, you've got, I've got Alexa reminding me to feed the dog. You know, it's that kind of, <laughs> you know, it's that kind of life we live now. It's, it's, it's all consuming, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, you know, having time away it can feel really hard, particularly, you know, if it might be the first time that you're ever doing it. Um, and, you know, I know personally and lots of people find it really hard to, to let go, you know, what is going to go wrong with in, in my absence? Does my other half know, you know, what time the children need feeding and the, all the routines mm. and what they need to, what, when you leave the house, what needs to take with them? And, and part of it is um, being able to having in yourself the ability to hand over that responsibility, but actually trusting in your um partner that they you know they are adults they have been doing this alongside you for however long it is and they are perfectly capable if you leave them the room to do this on their own mm. if that's not something that they, they they're doing already um and yes just taking that leap of faith and mm. um seeing that it can happen it it, you know is an absolute game changer for lots of people who've been really kind of teetering on the edge of oh no I, ca I can't go away even for sort of a whole day because the whole household is gonna crash around well, my first, ears the first time I did it and it uh, people will tell you I'm my me and my lists are infamous you know, I just <laughs> <laughs> that's all I used to do is just leave a huge list of stuff and to be honest they probably didn't even get looked at but, <laughs> they, but it made me feel better anyway yeah I've, I think I've still got my routine that I used to leave for my mum when I used to go out for like 10 minutes or something <laughs> I didn't forget, you know. um so I know you've given us loads and loads of really helpful tips Jenny but it would be good if you could just kind of give your top three tips to help parents with their own well-being that would be really good. yes absolutely so um lots of these I've, I've probably touched on um but my number one tip is cut out the noise so focus on um using the time that you do have for something that is really moving the needle on your own well-being. Cut out the noise of what everybody else is telling you you should be doing, what you maybe think you should be doing, and just focus on the needle-moving activities. Um, number two is to make time for rest. See rest as something that is, um, is as important as eating and sleeping. Um, and sleeping on its own, it, it is a kind of rest, but it's not enough. Um, and number three is get good at asking for what you need. So whether that's from your partner or from family or from friends, um, you know, not everybody has the easiest support network or, or um, are as lucky to be able to call on, on family whenever they need to. Um, but you can swap with a friend give each other an afternoon there's always build those villages ask for what you need and um nine times out of ten you're somebody's gonna you know bend over backwards to give what you give you what you need well especially if you can help other people out as well we had um a follower say the other day that they are 
that were kind of sharing the holidays you know it wasn't so much that they were you know looking after each other's children but they were just having a day in different people's houses yeah. so that you know you could kind of you just had a bit of company even you know yeah. and, and the children it was somebody else's each other. house yeah, that was getting completely trashed <laughs> ex- exactly those yeah. things but then it would be your turn kind of in a couple of days time so it was all fair but you know it's things putting things like that in place are really important aren't they mm, interestingly i think claire that at one of our things to kind of give us because we we do these podcasts and some days we're like oh my goodness have we actually got time to do it but you know it's that were those things that we enjoy doing it and actually it gives you that hour out of your day to kind of like go well no actually it's quite nice to have a chat about something that you wouldn't necessarily do so yeah and and I have to say I hadn't thought of it until you said it but it is really true I think it's one of those things that we don't have to do but we just really quite enjoy it Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. So you never know, you might have loads of new podcasts. <laughs> Start a trend, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So can you just tell us a little bit of information just about the kind of services that you offer and where people can find you and more information? Yeah, absolutely. So I offer a mixture of one-to-one coaching and online self-guided coaching. And I'll be introducing some group coaching in the autumn as well. Um, And if you are quite new to coaching, you don't really know what it is. Um, Coaching is a really powerful way to move you from where you are now, so possibly really stressed and overwhelmed, whatever it is that you're struggling with, to where you want to be, a happier mum who's thriving, who feels like they're on top of it all. Um, And that's in a much quicker and easier way than if you were to try and struggle through some of these things on your own. So um, I'm on Instagram, I'm at Jenny Hopkins Coaching on there. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. And um, my website is jennyhopkinscoaching.com if you want to have a look at that. Oh, well, thanks ever so much, Jenny. I, I feel yeah, a little bit calmer and I'm in so control pleased. just speaking <laughs> to you. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we now have permission to go to spa days and... And in you absolutely have walk. permission to go. Go to more spa yeah. days. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank really, you so much really for having me. That's everything for today. Thanks for listening. If there's something you'd like us to talk about, we'd love you to get in touch and let us know. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Bespoke Family or head to our website. The links are in our show notes. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the next episode and please give us a rating or review if you like what you hear. We're Bex and Claire and we'll be back soon with another episode of Newborn to Teen and everything in between. See you then.